0: Welcome to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Mike is one of the nation's top realtors and is highly regarded as an authority in residential real estate sales. Mike Bell has nothing to sell but great wisdom. You're going to love this show. Now, here's Mike Bell.
1: Welcome to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. We're here in the heart of Pasadena's Financial District with Mike Bell, one of the top agents in the nation. I'm his Client Care Director, and I'm so happy to be here. Well, Mike has been selling for about 20 years, and lots of homeowners and attorneys rely on Mike for great advice. So for the next hour, we'll be discussing Part 3 of a continuing series titled, The Best Questions to Ask Your Real Estate Agent. This is a live call-in show, and we can be reached at 888-GO-FOR-IT. That's 888-463-6748. Again, that's 888 463 Six, seven, four, eight. Mike is a licensed realist, California real estate broker at Keller Williams International in Pasadena. You can reach him many ways. His email is mikebell at kw.com. His website is michaelbellteam.com. And his personal cell phone is 888 401 1555. And you can easily find him on the web.
2: Well, thank Hi you, Mike. Abby. Hey, hey, how are you?
1: Good. How Thanks. are you? I'm
2: doing great. Thank you for doing the introduction because it's a little bit, it's a little bit awkward for me to introduce myself. So thank you. You did a great job. Um, so your name is Abby. I don't think we, uh, I, don't, I don't remember hearing you say that. So, oh. Abby, you've been with me for what, three, four months? Yeah. And you are my client care director. We worked, we searched for seven months. We had 700 applicants. You made it through the fray. Woohoo. It was a lot of work. For both of us, so and it was. I'm very happy to, to have you here. Thank you very much. Um, oh, by the way, you know we're on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, uh, and we also have a fan book, a Facebook fan page. So you know, over the years, I've put together the, some of the best questions I thought that you should ask your agent, and most apply regardless if you're selling or buying a home. It doesn't matter. So we've already had part one and part two in the past, and uh, both of those were with, with uh, attorneys. But you're not an attorney. And uh, anyways, I, go, I recommend going to our website and uh, get caught up.
1: Okay, yeah. Like, I mean, if you're looking at our website, uh, the Michael michaelbellteam.com, uh, you can follow along with our top 41 questions. But just to warn you, we do bounce out around a bit. Uh, but we'll eventually hit all 41 with feature segments. Mm-hmm. In our past shows, we've handled specific questions with full one-hour shows. And the show on short sales was two shows.
2: Yeah, it was two hours of... And- That was a very good
1: show. Yeah. You know, some of the questions can be fully discussed in person with Mike. We have competitors that listen to our show and we don't see the need to give everything out, but you can always call, call Mike. He'll be more than happy to share the details with you. Some of the questions are very specific to California real estate. And again, we won't really be able to dig deep into those, but he's more than happy to discuss any of them with you on the phone or at your home. So let's roll into the best questions to ask your agent.
2: Sure. Um, Well, first of all, I get asked all the time, what's your best advice in real estate? And my response used to be, are you buying or are you selling? But actually, the best advice I tell people all the time, and I was actually speaking at an attorney group yesterday, and one of the attorneys asked me for the best advice. And I said, interview three agents. We're all different. You'll find that all agents say something very differently. um, But try to find agents that actually sell a lot. It's, a, it's it's as if you're going to get a knee surgery. I mean, would you want an, uh, a knee surgeon that does many a year or one a year? Uh, and a lot of people think that we all push the same buttons and the same result is just going to happen. And unfortunately, that's not the case. And unfortunately, a lot of people figure that out uh, the first time. Mm-hmm. And so, as you know, um, we specialize in homes that don't sell the first time.
1: Exactly. How, how
2: often does that happen?
1: It it's, happens.
2: I mean, you've been here for three, three, four months, and we have our listing board up here, mm-hmm. and I'm, um, I'm looking at all of these. I mean, there's almost about thirty percent of these are, are properties that never sold the first time. They had problems with the realtor. The realtor had to get fired, unfortunately. Yeah. And um, they decided to give us a call. So you're my client care director. Yes, sir. So what do you do?
1: I keep <laughs> you on schedule and make sure things get done. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. You work with all my clients, and um, let me see here. So um, in the last segment that we had, segment two, we talked about the best questions to ask your real estate agent, but uh, we had ended with uh, a question we were talking about if you're going to hire a buyer's agent, Uh the question that I suggest this, the, the question that I suggest that people ask their realtor is how are they going to find a house because there's there's an the easy lazy way of doing it, and that's jumping on the multiple listing service. Mm-hmm. And on a national basis, and it's probably on a local basis, they say eighty about 86 percent of all homes sell because of something on the multiple listing service. So there's fifteen percent of the homes out there sell because maybe it's a for sale by owner. Maybe it's on a, a random website. Maybe somebody just sticks a sign out in front of their yard. Maybe somebody just walks around the house. Somebody, a, a home seller decides to walk around the neighborhood and just pass flyers out to their neighbors, hoping that they have friends or family that want to live near them. Yeah. There's a lot of ways that homes, unfortunately, you know, get sold. It's not the most effective way. Right. But this is what I suggest that, you ask a buyer's agent find out how they're going to do it because, um, for example, when um, there's there's probably two to three hundred different real estate website portals out there that you can actually put a property on. There's you know, Zillow, Trulia, Red Door. There's a million. There's so many websites out there. Uh, some people just put it on one of those little portals. So your real estate agent should be looking at all those portals. Right. That makes sense.
1: Definitely makes sense. You want people to see the listing.
2: And most people, when they want to buy in an area, they usually know the area. I always suggest that they make sure their buyer's agent actually drives the neighborhood because you'd be surprised. This has happened. You you were explaining this uh, when you first interviewed with me, Mm -hmm. how a family member, um, you guys found a property that was not even on the Internet, but there was a sign out in front.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly.
2: And it was an. Inter- it's kind of interesting. It's like you you just assume that it's on the internet and it's not. And there was somebody sign up. There was a real estate agent sign, and lo and behold, uh, you're, I forgot who the family member was, but they were the they were the only buyers for it.
1: Yeah, because we didn't see it anywhere else. You
2: didn't see it anywhere else. Mm-mm. And uh, I think your your family member found it, right? It wasn't the real estate agent.
1: Yeah, they found it. Just it themselves. because they
2: were driving around the neighborhood.
1: Exactly.
2: It seems so simple, but it's amazing how. It's it's hard for real estate agents and anybody. It's it just it is the way it is. It's hard to get out there sometimes. But that's something that I really want to add to that last segment is that you should really have your real estate agent physically drive in the neighborhood because they'd be really surprised. There's another thing that you can be doing. You can knock on doors in a specific. if you have a specific neighborhood that you really like. The real estate agent should be knocking on the door and say, hey, by the way, if you were ever thinking about selling, we have somebody who's specifically looking for this area. Makes sense.
1: Definitely makes sense.
2: Um,
1: well, Mike, how about we go on to the next question? Uh, I think we're number fifteen. Mm-hmm. How many phone calls do you make a week?
2: I uh, I'm not a lazy guy. Um, I've learned that I, I, I pick up the phone. I'm not afraid. Of a phone call.
1: Yeah, sometimes uh, you actually beat me to answering the phone, which I don't want you to do, but you do.
2: Well, I have that fancy headpiece. that cost me two hundred dollars, and it's stuck in my ear like a Star Trek.
1: Thing. All day, every day.
2: All day, but it makes it a lot. It makes it a lot easier for me, for me personally, to be able to use the phone because I don't have to pick it up. It's just in my ear all the time. Mm-hmm. But my goal, and we hit it. Um, we do about I do about one hundred and fifty phone calls a, a week. I try to hit about. I try to i my job you know I'm a real estate broker my job is to put buyers and sellers together doing it on with emails and flyers and postcards is all good right right it is so much more effective to be able to call people
1: that's so true so true
2: I mean you see me you sitting me you see me sitting here dialing um, that's, that's, that is what your real estate agent should be doing. You should be asking your real estate agent how many phone calls.
1: Well, a week. that is. That's the most important thing. Making the phone calls. Reaching out to people.
2: Uh, yeah, and, and I, we do the emails, and we're doing a postcard, a big postcard mailing right now. Know, is that going out?
1: Yes, it is. Don't worry.
2: <laughs> um, and we do the flyers, and we, we, we do do the email blasts. But what I've found to be much, much, much more effective um, is to reach out with a phone call, and that's what I normally do. So, um, we just signed a listing this morning for that really nice English-style house in Mm -hmm. Pasadena off of Loma Vista. Yes, and um, I was I was telling the uh, the 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 seller on that. you know, basically what I'm going to be doing that's going to be a lot different than other realtors, and I'm actually going to be picking up the phone. And I don't just sit there and call randomly, and I don't call um, – I don't really do many cold calls at all. I call other realtors who are really experienced in the area, and they may have buyers. I call other sellers. I call my past clients. You'd be amazed what you, if you just call them up and just say, hey, do you know anybody who would be interested in this house?
1: You know, I'm really impressed because I have seen you do that a lot, calling uh – Past clients, people that you know, people that you used to work with, people that you just recently worked with, you're always finding a lot of leads that way.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important is that it, your, your your real estate agent should not be afraid of the telephone. And your, I think your real estate agent should be willing to pick up the phone and call you at least once a week and let you know what's going on if mm-hmm. you have a transaction going on with them. And the, the number one complaint uh, that the National Association of Realtors has uh, compiled, they have that. that that an almost ninety four thousand piece questionnaire that they send out to all brand new home to brand new homebuyers in the United States, and they do these surveys and the number one complaint that these people have consumers have is that they don 't hear from their real estate agent
1: that 's pretty sad I mean this is someone that you 're trusting to do this huge transaction with you, and you never hear from them
2: well even you know i we had a transaction we we sold bill 's um, apartment building yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we closed it a few days ago, and he was complaining that he has a listing that he gave to somebody else, my competitors, and he felt like he really, he just, there was a family connection, so he gave him a try. He told me today he hasn't heard from them in three weeks, and he what? goes, he goes, I don't really care if they have nothing to say, but at least call and say I have nothing to tell you. Just at least call and say I'm working, I'm alive, I'm <laughs> but, still here, something. So he's actually going to call. I said, well, maybe they don't want the listing. And the listing's up in January um, in about, well, in about 45 days from now. So I suggested to him, maybe they don't want the listing. Call them up and see if they'll cancel the listing for you. And yeah. then hire me. And he said, oh, well, that's a great idea. So, you know, who knows? We may get that phone call today. But you never know. But maybe the agent, I mean, they just can't sell the place. And I don't know what's, I, I, I can tell you what's wrong with what they're doing and then what I would do differently to sell it. But. Maybe they just don't want the listing. Right. You know. So anyways, we're going to take our first break, Abby, um, and we'll be right back. And we are listening to
1: the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. All right.
2: Thanks.
0: Now back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell.
1: Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. And um, this is Abby, Mike's uh, client care director. I uh, just want to let you know if you'd like to join our conversation, the phone lines are open. Uh, the number is 888-463-6748. So we're taking your calls on the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Hi, Mike.
2: Hey, Abby. Thanks.
1: Well, uh, why don't we go ahead to our next question? Uh, Number 16, what is your unique selling proposition? You know, that's actually a really interesting question. Unique selling proposition.
2: Well, every house is different. Every seller is different. Every market is different. The markets change. The market can change from week to week. I mean, that might sound weird, but we've had situations where we'll put somebody's house on the market and we'll be talking about putting it on the market, and the day we put it on the market... Two days later, four days later, and six days later, neighbors put their houses on the market. It's like boom, 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 and all of a sudden you've got four signs on one entire city block, and it, it looks a little—it looks a little weird. It looks like maybe it's Stockton in, in you know two thousand <laughs> two thousand eight, the highest foreclosure rate in the world. And he's like, well, "What's going on? Why is everybody moving out of this neighborhood?" So. I mean, how would you feel about that if you're driving around looking at houses and all of a sudden you, sell, you see you know every other house on the city block for well, sale?
1: It, it looks like something's wrong. Something's What's wrong. going on? Okay.
2: The market's changed, hasn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, as a seller, you've got you've got competition, so you've got to be, you know, you've got to be, you know, you're going to be a little bit careful, and you may cut out some of the buyers. You just don't know. I mean. Would you drop out of the competition if all of a sudden you really liked this neighborhood and then you're like, maybe not this street? I mean, how would you feel about that?
1: Would not really you- sure.
2: Yeah. Well, and you don't want that as a buyer. You don't want to have somebody say, oh, gosh, I'm not really sure about this neighborhood. No. You're probably not going to go look at the house. No. Or write the offer, right? Yeah. That's true. I mean, it's really hard to get some... It's For you to write an offer on a house, I mean, it's you know the banks right now they don't really want you to spend more than 33 35 33 32% of your gross income on a mortgage payment i mean that's huge and it, and real estate is still very expensive especially in Pasadena where the average sales price is closer to $600,000 it takes a lot for somebody to want to write an offer and buy a house it's a big step
1: yes i agree with that
2: so I think your your real estate agent ought to be able to tell you or you know guide you if the market does change you know, what, what you should be worried about. But now, so what is my unique selling prop, prop, proposition? I have something that I've I've come up with and it's my own thing, and you've heard this before. You heard this when we went on the the Loma Vista listing appointment yes. a few weeks, and it's my thing and it's called the three P's, and I think these are the most important things to consider when you're going to sell your house. The number one thing, well really quick, it's pricing, promotion, and positioning. First of all, pricing. Let's talk about pricing. Okay. It's really important to price the house right. I mean, if it's overpriced, are you gonna look at it?
1: Nope, not even.
2: In my opinion, buyers are tend to be smarter than every real estate agent out there. Because if you're a buyer, you really, you know value. Because you're the one that's going to write the offer. You're the one that's going to buy it. You're the marketplace, right? Yes. If something appears to be a little bit overpriced. You're just going to pass. You're going to probably pass. Mm-hmm. Are you even going to write an offer, even maybe something low? No. Because okay. you
1: think they wouldn't even take it, wouldn't even look at it.
2: Although I do have sellers that say, well, they can still give us an offer, but the problem is you've got a lot of obstacles to go to cross and that's a tough obstacle to cross is how do we, how as a seller do you convey oh yeah my price is here but just give me a low offer anyway it doesn't i mean mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense it, it it doesn't make sense in in our marketplace and i know you've heard this over and over again but in our marketplace your best buyers come in the first two weeks
1: yes i have heard that you say that many times
2: and we have and we're looking at the board here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We have eight of our properties that are in escrow right now. All of those offer all of those buyers that are on uh, on that board that are buying, they've all lost out on other properties before they got this one. This one. And that tends to be the market in most places, unless you're in an area with a lot of first-time home buyers or maybe new developments. Mm-hmm. But generally Uh, And especially in a very robust market that Pasadena is in, um, that's usually the case. Your best buyers have already lost out on other properties. And your best buyers are going to be pretty motivated. And they're going to write the offers pretty quickly. Yeah. But if you stop them from writing an offer because your price is too high... You just lost out. You just lost out. And what winds up happening is um, they look at the property and they go, well, it's a little overpriced. And then what you wind up, what may very well happen is that you're sitting on the market for a long time, and then you do what's called chasing the market down, which means you're dropping the price. You have to drop the price to capture the the, the buyers, right? For them to pay attention mm-hmm. to get it back on their radar.
1: Yeah, because they've already passed on it.
2: They already thought you, it was
1: the price too high.
2: But you're chasing other buyers, and those buyers may have already the buyers that you initially had generated interest for that property. They may have found something else. Yeah. Which is too bad. Mm-hmm. But pricing is really important. And a, a true real estate professional ought to be able to sit there and not only give you comps, which is comparables, to give you an idea of what others things have pro- properties have sold, but it's also very important that your real estate agent shows you active listings, which means properties that haven't sold yet or brand new that are on the market because that's your competition.
1: Right. You want to know what's out there.
2: And the other thing that I always suggest, and I don't know why, it seems like I'm the only guy that does this in town, is that I always I always offer an absorption analysis. And an absorption analysis, I know it's a fancy word, but that's the program that I use, uh, and that's what it's called, it's absorption analysis, and it shows you how long it takes if there was no new real estate put on the market with the amount of buyers that we have and the, 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 the amount of sales that we have, how long would it take to absorb the current supply of real estate. Okay. And if it's, you know, right now in Pasadena, we're close to, it depends on the type of property you're talking about it, but generally it's about a month and a half supply, which means if there was no new listings, the amount of buyers that we've had, it should absorb, it should suck up all that. There should be no no more real estate for sale.
1: For, but it would take about a month and a half. Yeah,
2: kind of scary. But that's important to know because there are some segments... Uh, for example we have we have a 1.3 million dollar house in Arcadia yes. that we're going to close on Friday
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, We had a lot we actually there's a lot of competition because there's less buyers to, that can afford a 1.3 million dollar house right yeah but in that area it's taken an average of 60 to 75 days to get a property under contract and there's almost eight months of supply of real estate for the in this segment. Oh, wow. So, and that's, it sounds like it's really high. Yeah. Um, in the financial crisis, when there was a lot of inventory and you just couldn't find a buyer out there to buy a house, the inventory levels were at 20 and 30 months.
1: Oh, my goodness.
2: And in places like Stockton, it was years of supply. I and mean, uh-huh. there was just so much real estate on the market.
1: Just sitting there. Uh,
2: the other thing, so we, ha- so we have pricing. Pricing is very, very important. The, the other thing I want to touch on is, If you're if you're gonna buy it like that chair that you're sitting on, if you're gonna buy this on eBay, I don't know what this chair is worth. It's a nice chair, it's probably worth thirty bucks. Okay. okay? If you have this chair for thirty dollars, it's worth thirty dollars, and you have another one for twenty eight dollars. Which one are you gonna bid on?
1: Twenty eight dollars.
2: There you go. If it's priced right now, if it's worth thirty dollars, will you pay thirty dollars for it?
1: If it's worth it.
2: If you have competition too? If somebody else wants it? Yeah. Pricing is the most important thing to deal with. When you're selling a property, if you want to know, if you haven't sold it yet, and if it's taken more than two to three weeks to start generating offers, generally, you're overpriced. Yeah. And the market is telling you something. If
1: If nothing's coming in, you're not getting any feedback, no offers.
2: The the property on Hugo Reed, remember it took... um, it was funny. It was, it was, it was very interesting. We had almost, we had one offer in the first week, mm-hmm. and then we had, it was like crickets, I call it. I mean, it's just, you know, yeah. nothing. And then we had three offers in four days.
1: Yeah, all those came in Remember
2: all at the same that? time. Bang, mm-hmm. bang, bang. And we didn't do anything. I mean, I was joking with the seller that I said a little prayer and had somebody sprinkle magic dust. It, you know, I don't have a magic wand. This <laughs> is just what happens. It just yeah. all of a sudden. And what we were able to do is because, We had all those other offers that came in. We were able to, we had a little bit of a bidding war, and we got to bid up $50,000 higher. than. uh, And if that buyer had come around a week earlier, they would have bought that, they would have gotten that property probably for $50,000 less than what they're paying. Oh, wow. The market, is it changes just like that.
1: So quickly.
2: Yeah. Uh, The other thing that's really important is we talked about, well, the three Ps. Mm Mm-hmm is promotion, and promotion is pretty basic. It needs to be on the MLS. It needs to be on these different web portals. It needs to have professional photography. It needs to have a great description. It needs to have the the information of your property, and it needs to be out there. Um, And you've heard me me talk to this on the new listing that we just got. Um, Your first showing is not somebody walking in your house. Your first showing is actually... Online, online. That's going to people be your first at home showing. on their computers. They're going to be on the computer. Your most buyers are in their pajamas at home on the computer at night, and they're scrolling through through photos.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: There was a Wall Street Journal article that came out of a, a few months ago. Oh, we got a caller. Um,
1: okay, we have our first caller, uh, Frank.
0: Yeah, Frank. Hi, hey, Frank. How this? are you? I'm doing great. Love the show, Mike. Full of great information. Uh, But I have a question for you, if you don't mind. Sure.
2: You know, my wife and I have begun interviewing agents, and I've noticed that several of them have a lot of initials that follow their their name
0: on their card. I'm guessing that they're accreditations, um, but I don't know how important they are. And uh, if they are important, which are the ones that, that I should pay the most attention to?
2: There's a few agents in our, in, in, not our off but in our marketplace that have, you wouldn't believe the, all the initials. I don't even know what all of them mean. There's, uh, there's a lot of different companies out there that like to sell accreditations and you pay them a certain amount of money and you have to go through these webinars and maybe some, take some tests and then all of a sudden you get a fancy certificate and you put all these initials beside your name. I think it's important if you're going to operate on somebody's knee. I mean, I don't know, but, Selling a house, I do have a bunch of accreditations, but I don't really push it. I think that it's it's important to have. Uh, they have accreditations for um, it's something called EPRO, which is from the National Association of Realtors that talks about it. You know, it, basically, if you go through this program, you're supposed to be pretty good at building websites and the internet, doing all the internet stuff that you're supposed to be doing anyway. Um, they have one for uh, there's a, what's called a seniors designation, which. Um, it's basically we will be able to work with seniors and their their concerns that they may have and the financial products that are out there for them. There's a, a big one. It's called the Graduate of the Realtor Institute, which I, I – I think you
1: have that one, right? I have
2: that one. Yeah. I, I got that about 10 years ago, and that was – it was about 15 all-day classes, and a lot of them were set up by – were put together by attorneys, and it, it was actually the nuts and bolts of, of – um you know, talked about ethics, agency, construction defects, all the stuff that you, you know that, that that's pertinent.
1: You said fifteen days.
2: It's fifteen days.
1: Wow, that sounds really intense.
2: It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I have another designation called uh, Cal- I'm a California probate specialist, and I'm one of a hundred in, in in the state of California that has it. And I we, we tend to we we work with a lot of attorneys, and so um and the when in, in California, really quick to give you a a. a Little info about probate regular traditional sales are handled uh, through this, um, uh, the disclosure requirements and the requirements all done through the uh, uh, i guess you can call it regulated through the California Civil Code, which is treated as law well, there's actually a probate code i mean there's there's criminal code too, but there's actually probate code that actually covers how a house gets sold through the probate process, yeah, and it's very different from the civil code, yeah different and um so i do we wind up doing a lot of probate work and i tend to be the second realtor that people hire because the first realtor just didn't understand the code they I didn't guess. know what they're doing um frank i think it's really important though that uh i think the designations are pretty important but i wouldn't necessarily rely on just because they've got the designation that they're going to do a great job for you because there are some agents that just they, they get a million accreditations and they just kind of think that people are going to call um there's, uh, I, I will tell you, um, there are agents everywhere in the United States that have a lot of great accreditations, but they really don't sell that much real estate. Yeah. So what's more important, that they sell a lot of real estate or they have the accreditations? And I guess it would maybe be the same thing if, if you're going to hire a doctor, but for some reason no one's going to see that doctor. But they have all these accreditations. There's, there's a, There might be a problem there.
1: Yeah, something's wrong. You know, that, Frank, that was actually a really great question. That was actually one of the questions. I think that was number 17 about accreditations. So that was great.
2: Well, I appreciate the answer, and keep up the good work. All right. Thank you, Frank. Thanks, Frank. i want to bounce back really quick. So we were talking about the three Ps. My, The three Ps of pricing. We talked about promotion. Mm-hmm. And we've had a number of segments that talked about all the different promotional things that that are the most effective Um, But we're going to be going into another break. (laughs) But we're going to talk about positioning. And this is very, very, I think this is one of the most vital things that most agents don't get. And it is not done, and this could cost you a ton of money. So we're going to be talking about the positioning of a property. So here we go into a break.
1: Okay.
2: We'll be right back. Thank you, Abby.
1: Thanks, Mike.
0: Let's get back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell.
1: Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show uh, with Mike. We actually have a caller right now, um, Angie. Hey, Angie.
2: Hi, Hi Mike. Thanks How
1: are calling. you?
2: Hey, doing great. Thank you for calling.
1: That's good. Thanks for taking my call. I'm actually calling you
2: because I'm trying to help my mom find a good agent. We've had a bad experience in the past, and I've listened to your other shows, and I was wondering if you had a question that I could ask all agents so that they can prove that they actually sell a lot of houses. So many of them say that they sell houses, but I can't
0: really find out how they can prove it.
1: (laughs) That's actually a really great question, Angie. Um, that's actually even one of ours about asking your prospective agent how many listings or sales they've had in the past year.
2: Well, I think that's important to, to find out actually what they've actually sold, not necessarily their office. But I mean, that's what you're asking, right? How do you how, how do you, how do you actually get them to prove it? That's correct. Yeah, um, it's it's a little uh, a little tip that I picked up from another agent in Texas, uh, and. What I would suggest, and this is what I do all the time, is I always suggest, first of all, I always tell people that you should interview three agents, and then tell that agent that you're interviewing a few other agents. You can tell them you're interviewing 10 or 5 or whatever, and tell them that you, tell the agent that you're uh, looking at people's report cards, and a, a really top agent will know what you're talking about. Most agents may not because they just haven't, they don't have the experience or they haven't been asked. Now, what is a report card?
1: That's what I'm wondering, a report card. Hmm.
2: So when you uh, – a report card is – now, if you went on the, li- on the listing service, uh, you, can, you can search for three-bed, two-bath homes, and you can print it up and you can find out you know what all the three-bed, two-bath homes in your parameter, your area are. Well, one of the data fields that is in there is also the real estate agent's uh, codes. their are their, their agent codes. So I can actually search other real estate agents to see what they've actually sold. Wow. I can find out how many, li- what listings they have active, what they have in escrow, what they've, what they've, if they've been fired, um, if the listing got expired, uh, if the listing got sold, if they represented the buyer and they represented the seller.
1: Interesting. <laughs> wow. All that
2: information. The, the data doesn't lie. So, and, but that's all through the multiple listing service. Um, I'm positive on a nationwide business basis that any agent can do this on their listing service, but they may tell you they don't know how to do it, which might be true.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And they may say they may not be able to do it because maybe they might be embarrassed because they something don't.
1: they don't want out there.
2: They may be something they don't want out there. Mm-hmm. But you can, as as a as a consumer, I wouldn't uh, an agent a, a really good top agent that has nothing to hide will say no problem, and they ought to be able to do that. Quite frankly. In your living room when you're interviewing them, jump on the computer. They can jump on the multiple listing service and they can run their numbers. And the numbers don't lie. And you don't you want to make sure they don't run the office numbers, but you want you want them to run their individual numbers. Yeah. Oftentimes, if I sometimes um, just over the phone, I'll offer it over the phone, and I'll ask them who who I'm working. Uh, who you, who else are you competing who am I competing with or you're interviewing? Would you like their report cards? Because I can pull the report cards too. And I can email those to them in a PDF.
1: Interesting. Wow.
2: I mean I, I think it's important to know that if you know, we talked about if it. it's a crazy example, but if you knee surgeon, you know, you're gonna want to make sure that your knee surgeon has done a lot of knee surgeries.
1: Yeah. Okay? Oh yeah. Um you're entrusting someone to do a big job for you—a
2: big job—and that the, that the, maybe the, that that doctor is actually doing just knee surgeries, and he's not a general surgeon. I mean, do you want a general real estate agent that represents buyers, sellers, leases, commercial property, doing all sorts property of. management in different counties in twenty-mile radius, or do you want somebody who's going to be specialized?
1: You definitely want someone specialized.
2: Most of my clients agree. <laughs> Uh, some 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 people just uh, they they think like I said we all push the same buttons and the same result happens and it, that is just not the case. Definitely you are much not. better off hiring somebody like me or somebody um, somebody like me. You're just better off usually. Usually I can make you more money than most anybody else. Um, so that's the I don't know if Angie if you're still there. Thank you for calling, but um, I, I recommend that you ask for a report card. That's going to be something very easy to pull. You're not going to be able to pull it as a consumer. You're not going to be able to pull it yourself on Zillow or Realtor.com. You're not going to be able to go to Trulia or Redfin or Red Door or any of these other brokers. You're just not going to be able to do it. And some of the websites out there allow the real estate agent to actually load a listing, a property onto their like profile. Um I don't recommend relying mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. I recommend you relying on the data that is put out by the Association of Realtors, who is also regulated by this the, on the state level, and they're regulated on the national level. I don't see how that data could be any more um, valid.
1: Yeah. You can't fake that information at all.
2: Well, you might be able to, but you got to be pretty darn good. You don't want to work with somebody like
1: that. No, you don't. <laughs>
2: Um, I want to bounce back to the the three Ps to to finish that because I think the most important thing about aspects of of selling a house, you you need to have the right price. You need to have the right promotion. You have to have what's called the right positioning. What's positioning? Positioning, very important. If you have a three-bed, two-bath house, do you think it's important to position the house and market it, uh, aim it towards – um maybe i don't know investors or mm,
0: no. single people
2: or no
1: you know, that wouldn't make any seniors.
2: sense but i think the 3 bed 2 bath house is really a it's the american dream it's it's the uh the family house it's
1: a family house
2: it's a family house, mm-hmm. it's a family house. It's somebody it's going to be traditionally it's going to be a traditional family which is in the in america it's what husband wife and one and a half kids
1: yeah <laughs> Or pets, even.
2: Now, but position is really important. Um, oh, I don't think you know this. You know the property that we have on Oak? We have that yes. in Escrow. Yes. It's for one point, you know, a little over one one million dollars. Yeah. I'm the second listing agent on this. You're never going to believe the story. I never told you this this story. No. They were having a hard time selling the property, and it was on the market for the same agent for a whole year, and the agent was from Orange County. It's Orange County. The drive from that agent's office. I I did a map quest on it for the client, and it, from their office to their house was an hour away. An hour
1: away from yeah. the listing.
2: They said they never saw the realtor. Of course, oh. they never saw the realtor. It was an hour drive, but they were very impressed with the real estate agent because of the magazine that they put her in. They put the property in. They were on the front page of a color magazine, and the magazine they, they were they showed it to me. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful. Professional photog- Photography. Guess what? The, they didn't even read the title of the magazine. Guess what the title said? I have no idea. It said California Foreclosures. <gasps> so I looked at it and I'm like, it's, and my client is a, is a retired policeman. And I said, I'm sorry, I didn't know your house was in foreclosure. And he goes, it's not in foreclosure. What are you talking about? And I go, oh, well. I'm,
1: it's on the cover.
2: It, it, it's on the cover. And he went ballistic.
1: Oh! <gasps> well, I would too.
2: Yeah, that was um, so. That's not the really that. That's not the the right positioning. So the the inquiries they were getting on that property were investors thinking oh, they could no. scoop up a, a sweet deal, I guess. And there was a desperate home seller.
1: Oh my goodness, that's the wrong place to put that.
2: But uh, you know, it, position It's important if you're going to be selling like say a loft near the beach. You're going to be. You're. You, I think it's really important to figure out who your best buyer is, who your highest paying buyer is, and target that if it's going to be near the beach you need to talk about you know the beach lifestyle yeah and all the other amenities features, amenities and, and everything mm-hmm. like that uh, a three bed two bath home buyer in the suburbs is not necessarily going to be interested they're going to be interested in more of, of if it's a family neighborhood and if it's quiet and if they have a nice backyard and room to play and if there's grass like you know guess what you need to promote you know you need to promote the stuff that's going to a- appeal to the highest paying buyers yeah. and and then and that's something i always consult with my sellers is like figure out who your buyer probably is and target them and target them
1: mm-hmm.
2: but you know you, i i don't want to get, have this uh, misconstrued you're also targeting everybody else
1: you just never know
2: you just never know you just never know i mean i could tell you a million examples where you figure it's going to be a a nice little family that's going to buy the house and it's maybe and, it's a single guy yeah. or single gal or it might be a. a, a we had a property where um, we were targeting a three-bed, we were targeting a small family. This happened four years ago. The guy that bought it wanted to be really close to the Rose Bowl and be able to ride his bike and mm-hmm. his parents are loaded rich and they own this big garlic farm up north. Whoa. And they just paid cash. Uh, so as a 19-year-old kid, <gasps> with cash that wanted to be really close to the Rose Bowl, so he can ride his bike.
1: Okay, well, so you have uh, you know, unexpected buyers sometimes.
2: We were happy to sell it to, him, of yeah. course. So, oh, and I remember my wife just. My, thank you, Ann. My wife Anne just passed me a um, a little note. We had a we had a sale about oh, this is in our neighborhood in Bungalow Heaven, and we're close to the San Anita Racetrack.
1: Uh-huh. And the
2: San Anita Racetrack has the, we had the Breeders' Cup this year. We've had it many years. Um, the, we, I was promoting how close we were to the racetrack, and we had a map on uh, on our individual website for this house, and we're promoting the neighborhood and everything okay. like that. Well, there's this magistrate in England who's a, who's a judge, and he, he told me the story is he went from into his chambers and went online, and because of the search engine optimization and the positioning, he found the house. He actually called me. Personally. It was like four in the morning. I didn't pick up the phone. But he wound up flying out here and buying the house.
1: Oh, my goodness. So you just never know. Yeah.
2: It's so totally, totally crazy. So um, we're going to go into a, a break.
1: We're okay. We're
2: going to into a break. We're going to our last break. We have a lot to cover, actually.
1: All right. Thanks, Mike. We'll talk to you in a second.
0: Thank you, Abby. Thank you, Abby. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell.
1: Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. We're here with Mike, and just to put it out there how you can contact him, his email is MikeBell at KW.com. Website is MichaelBellTeam.com, and you can reach him at 888-401-1555. You know, let's go back into uh, the questions. Our next one is, how will you market my home?
2: I think that's a fair question. Yeah. I think you have to be careful how how the real estate agent answers it. Um, I'll tell you one thing. If you've listened to my shows, we've, we have shows specifically just on this. And really generally, I'll just cover it really generally. Basically, I focus on what works. What mm-hmm. works. Mm-hmm. And what works is... You, know, you have a 93% chance of selling your house because of something on the Internet. 93% chance. Oh, yeah, it's, that's right. It's, it's close to 4% because of an open house. It's just less than 1% because of a real estate sign. And it's even less than 1% for, in, for advertising, magazines, and mailers. So I do all of that stuff, but guess what I focus on? Online. It's all online. It's all online. So that's that's really what I focus on, and we talked about this before. Your first showing is going to be online.
1: Yeah, the buyers—they're searching online.
2: And what they do is—I mean, it's, well, we joke about it, you know, being in their pajamas at night, but mm-hmm. a lot of them are. Yeah. And oh, we—we we, I started talking about this before we had that one caller. The Wall Street Journal came out with a study earlier this year, and they—they they had three hundred people that they did in this study, put in the study. And they wanted to see what people were looking at, home buyers were looking at, when they were looking at listings. And they found that almost 100% of them looked at the photos first. Okay? Okay. So guess what we focus on? We photos. Have, yeah. How many professional photographers do we have?
1: We have three i believe
2: we have three we have we have a we have a a main guy that we like to use john and then we have backups in case we use john
1: we always use professional photos the
2: photos are really really important we spend a lot of money on the photos but the photos are very important because people look at it but they found that um, 42 percent of the people only read the first two sentences of the description of the description Mm 42 percent read the first two lines of the description if you're going to hire a real estate agent you should ask them what are the first two sentences of the ad copy you're going to use because those first two sentences had better say all the great selling features of that house yeah makes sense yeah definitely we talk about this all the time oh yes what are the two first two sentences because i, I know that people are not going a lot of them are just not going to read through the whole thing
1: yeah especially if it's a really long description
2: yeah you know, the uh those are tough i mean I have a little ADD, do you think? Yeah, think. <laughs> Just a tiny bit. But I think it's really it's it's important because it, there you have a lot of competition. Yeah. You go online and Now you've only been with me for like 3 or 4 months mm-hmm. and I don't know if you've experienced this or not, but a lot of the buyers that we get um and we also handle a little some leases too. Yeah. But a lot of the tenants that we find I we ask how did you find us, and oftentimes they were not even looking for property in this you know in our, the segment that we're in okay in mm-hmm. the price range, the price point the area, but they were attracted to the listing because it had the information and it had great photos So yes. we were able to grab people from for the photos and then the other thing that we do is anybody can go to our website so we have hundreds of them out there, and we spend money to have it. It's kind of like an architect that comes to the house, and we do a f- floor plan of the house. Yes, and we know definitely. we actually can track. It's it's kind of creepy. We can track what people are looking at and how long they're looking at these things, and we know that they're looking at the floor plan more than anything else. Yeah, Isn't that interesting.
1: That's yeah, that is. But they do. They do. Yeah, that makes they want sense. to know
2: if it's um you know where
1: where everything is. They want to see the layout.
2: And I, I don't blame the buyers for this. Anybody. You know, the more information you can give them, the the you know the, the quicker they'll jump on it, and they can make decisions. But a lot of them don't want to figure it out. Them you know they don't want to have to do the work for you. Right. And our job as your the job as the of the real estate agent is to get somebody in the house because yeah. they're not going to make a decision to buy the house unless they're in the house. Yeah. And if you turn them off, and you don't give them enough information, or you have no photos, a buyer may go, you know what? I'm going to look at this other house that has photos. And if I have time, I'll do the real estate agent's work and drive over to the house and look at it. Because yeah. there's no photos, or the photos are horrible, or somebody just took one photo. of. Or maybe, there's just not
1: enough information for them.
2: Or there's just not enough information. Mm-hmm. So, And sure, there's going to be opportunity in properties like that. But still, at the end of the day, um, you need to position the property correctly yeah. and do what works. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, well, that's actually a really good one. Okay, how about we move on to the next question? Sure. Uh, how would you develop pricing strategies for our home?
2: I think that's a very important question to ask your real estate agent. You should ask them, uh, and, and this is, a lot of this is focusing on sellers. But it's, it's, I think it's very important to understand as a seller what to expect, uh, where, when your best buyers are gonna come, how you're gonna get them, and you should have a battle plan.
1: Yeah,
2: and you see this in some of our our contracts. Sometimes people just agree to, you know, after three weeks they'll drop the price by X amount. Yeah. Um, because oftentimes it depends on motivation, but sometimes, um, you know, like the property that we have in Arcadia that's going to be closing on Friday, you know, for one point three million dollars, um, we didn't do a price reduction on that because we sold it. We actually sold it quicker. Than the average sale in the area.
1: That was fast, actually, considering everyone else.
2: Yeah, I forgot what it was. I don't know, forty-five or sixty days. It was it was sooner than the sixty to seventy-five day average for the area. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I was upfront and honest with the seller and told her if we can't get the action that we need in the first sixty to seventy-five days, you really need to uh, consider adjusting the price because. Um, the market is telling us to. Yeah. That makes sense. Right? Definitely. But in terms of pricing strategies, we talked about this before about comparables. You should be able to ask your real estate agent for comparable sales, comparable properties that are in escrow, comparable properties that are uh, on the market.
1: Currently. And you mm-hmm. also
2: ought to be able to ask and, and get some very detailed information about absorption, supply and demand, uh, price per square foot. Um, uh, projection or not projections, but what's happening right now, what and, and to be able to go back over time to really see where you're at. Yeah, because guess what? The buyers already know it. Remember, I was telling you this buyers are the smartest people yeah. in the real estate market, they're
1: doing their research. They are
2: smarter than the real. Mm-hmm. There is no way a real estate agent, unless they're that real estate agent is only focusing on one very specific neighborhood and they don't venture out, it is impossible. For your real estate agent to know what's going on on all these little microcosms of the market, right? It's absolutely impossible. But the buyers do know. They know
1: what they're looking for.
2: They know what they're looking for. They know values. They mm-hmm. know, and you know. It's funny. Um, years ago, real estate agents we used to be the gatekeepers of information. You had to go to a real estate agent to find out what a property. You know any any information.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That all changed. You know. You know this when we list a property. We put it on a uh, we put it on two different listing services. We put it on the regular general multiple listing service. We also yes. have another listing service that we load on. We load the information to, and it auto-populates to 200 different web over at least 200 different web portals. Right. And what we do is we put that information there, and it just shoots out.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so it's everywhere. Yeah. And. The information it, it, it we're no no longer the gatekeepers of information. I think your real estate agent, your real estate agent shouldn't be hired based upon, um, you know, their market share, or what information they have. They should really be hired based upon their level of service. Yes, and that makes sense, right? Oh yes. So, gosh, we only hit twenty and we have forty-one.
1: We're never going to get through this. We're well, through we it. have future segments. That's what they're there for.
2: You should tell me to talk faster.
1: Oh, <laughs> then we won't understand what you're saying.
2: Uh, I hope that's not the case for the audience. So <laughs> uh, so our future shows, gosh, I have all this other great info, great tips. We'll do about, maybe we'll do that next week.
1: Yep, we'll um, definitely be back next week.
2: Eventually, I'm going to nail down the franchise owner for Keller Williams, and we're going to be talking about why agents love working here. It's a very, very different kind of company. And, um, it very much appealed to me. I love the, uh, the culture, uh, what they stand for, how they support agents, their integrity. Um, and we're going to also, we'll be, I think we're going to probably have to have at least another three segments to finish out these, to finish up these questions, to finish mm-hmm. these questions. And, uh, we're working on an appraiser. Uh, I think we're going to have a general inspector over the next few weeks and we'll be talking to somebody about insurance issues. So thank you very much, Abby.
1: Thank I you. I really Mike.
2: enjoyed this. This is great. Awesome. And everybody can give me a call. Shoot me an email.
1: 888-401-1555.
0: Yep, that's my cell phone. Yes, it is. Talk to you guys later. The opinions expressed in the Mike Bell Real Estate Show are solely those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions of anyone at TalkZone.com, Keller Williams Realty, any board of realtors, or anyone for that matter. Always hire a real estate attorney when making real estate decisions. Do not try any of this at home.